Hello, this yep. is Brian Leo. Uh, I'm going to just introduce. <laughs> so um, it's Saturday, February 25th, and um, I'm in New York City. This is Brian Leo. I'm speaking with artist Huey Crowley, who is located uh, in Wisconsin, right? Yep, Manitowoc. All right. And Huey Crowley currently has a show at my project space, Brian Leo Projects, located on uh, 21st Street, West 21st Street in Manhattan. And it's by appointment only. The show opened on February 21st, and it'll go until uh, March 19th. This is Huey Crowley's second solo show. Uh, the title of the show is I Am a Complicated Genius. And in the show, there are currently five paintings, I believe, right? Hanging up. I think so, yeah. So um, do you want to talk about the work for a minute? Sure. Uh, well, I thought the title was really funny to pick name for the show because uh, I made those works when I was just ex experiencing like insane burnout. So like I just got to a point with painting because like mm -hmm. I don't I feel like I'm a really bad painter. Like I just like I try and I try and I try and I try to arrive at an idea and I never can like or I just feel like. I mean, I guess I arrive at ideas, but I just feel like I can't progress or something with painting sometimes. So with these paintings, I they were like these these paintings that came after trying to progress and failing, I guess I should say. So um, eventually I just was like, dude, I, I, I don't even fucking care anymore. Like, I'm just going to make this work out of like just garbage. I'm just going to take garbage that I have in my studio and just tape it to the canvas and just make like junk and like maybe just feeling so crappy about these about these paintings and like trying to because because before i was making stuff out of like you know archival paints and like taking a lot of time on things and trying to make them really precise making sure the canvas is stretched beautifully like you know but these things i'm just like i don't even care like i'm just gonna just make up I wanted to make a piece of shit. So like yeah, they're, they're I kind of like mon monstrosities, like, you know, and it, that's a cool vibe that uh, I think they emit. And, yeah. Uh, you know, one piece in um, that we talked about the other day. Yeah. You did mention that you, you would find scraps of materials from your studio floor and, and things like that. But um, that one piece that says uh, Samo on it and uh you know, the, my, I guess from the conversation we had, it was that reference of artists that we encounter that are on like a Basquiat trip or something like, um, or think that they, they might produce work that's like Basquiat like, or they're imagining or fantasizing that they're Basquiat. Like have, I guess a lot of artists have met people like that all over the country or all over the world, maybe like, uh, yeah, it was, I was just, I just thought it was funny because I have a friend who sends me every time he sees like a a painter who paints like Basquiat. So like people who directly rip off Basquiat. So I was like, damn, like that's really cringe. So then I was just like, well, since I'm making this cringy work, like why don't I like put the Basquiat logo on the painting and like put, make it out of like glitter or something like, mm -hmm. and I, and I just was trying to like do everything that I like didn't, didn't like about art. Like I saw some dude, man i don't know how i can even go about 
talking about his stuff because then I'm just saying I don't like it. I saw someone do something that I didn't like, and I did like a worse version of it. I guess you could say mm-hmm. um, the Basquiat thing is another part of it. I put like yeah, just some music other I, some other some other imagery you have are like the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, that that um, the Green Bay Packers were in there actually just as like a filler. I actually don't like the Green Bay Packers, but I didn't put them in there for that reason. I don't really like I'm actually more indifferent towards the Green Bay Packers, but um, I put them in there because, uh, like I said, I was just taking garbage out of my studio. And there's I did this photo shoot uh, where I was like a evil Green Bay Packer looking thing or like a photo. And I just had all this like I was cutting all these images of Green Bay Packers out of this Green Bay Packer magazine. And I was buying all this Green Bay Packers uh like cheese head ties and stuff, but wait, so are, is that, that's Wisconsin. Is that, is that Wisconsin? Is that the football team of the state? I don't even fucking know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers. Yep. That's like so the most, did you, grow, did you grow up in a football town? Um, like, was it all centered around high school football or, you know, or the Packers? Like was the town that you grew up in, you know? Well, I feel like every, um, I feel like wherever you like live, like in New York, for example, there's the Yankees, right? So everyone wears Yankee caps and everyone loves the New York Yankees because the New York Yankees at one point were doing really well. So everyone's a huge fan. And that's the same with the Green Bay Packers. Like they would always be winning like championships and shit. So like my entire childhood growing up, we, we had like everyone was obsessed with the fucking Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. And, and I was indifferent to it. I, I I never really watched football, but I grew up with these – um with my uncles and they weren't from Wisconsin. So they'd always just shit all over the green Bay Packers. And like, I would just, you know, as a kid, I would just witness that all the time. Like they're just shit on the green Bay Packers. So like, I don't know. I just kind of like made, I was trying to make at one point a character that was like a, uh, uh, embodied like that, um, vibe. I've tried to make, I've tried to make paintings of that too. Like that, that like I, the ideology of like intense hatred of like a football team. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have made artwork about football, just growing up in a a small town in New Jersey. Um, It's the eighties from the seventies and eighties. And it started to change in the nineties when I guess like the grunge thing and alternative stuff started happening, but like it was, it was all like that, uh, that like ruled the school, um, like the, the football jock, you know, the cheerleader hometown, like all that, whatever hero or all that stuff was like, you know, that's Americana. And, uh, yeah, I love the uh, idea so, of a cheerleader, man. Cheerleader is like one of my favorite things, kind of think to... of the, you know, even the teen spirit video, um, with, uh, the cheerleaders and, you know, the Nirvana video. Um, yeah that's like all ironic about sports mm. and shit so i think i saw a clip of you i don't know where or how but it was like when you were in high school and you were inspired by i guess um jackass at one point or something right like you guys i think you guys were like outside of a some kind of mart or like uh and maybe you were i don't know if you had a keyboard or something or... yeah 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 that okay so yeah that was uh art i made before i was like an artist um I was really inspired by Jackass and my friends and I would always go and we would get drunk or whatever. We would not be drunk, but you know, we would do like this stereotypical, like uh, push the shot, the dude in the shopping cart into the curb and they'd fly Mm -hmm. out of it. But then I would be trying to do like, um, 
like jackass skits or whatever but they wouldn't make sense like they would be like um like i'd put a nylon over my head and have a casio keyboard and like run into like the pick and save which is a store here and like press the nutcracker theme song on the keyboard and like dance and it was just like really absurd i guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that was kind of like my first like I would say that was, I don't know. I've always like drawn like, and made you, I mean, you got into performance. You you have been doing performance art. So maybe that would have, that was like an early. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, I, I performed as a child, like even like age 13, I used to go in like the family dollar parking lot with like a fake mink on my hand and act like it was biting me. And really, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I made it. Yeah. Cause I used to make skate videos and, um, you know, yeah. I'd have like skits in them for, I would, you know, I'd, I would always be like trying to, perform in the video and right there's yeah, like a few so, videos where like i there's this one video it's like kind of a noteworthy video that came out of milwaukee uh and there's like a this one filmer that if you if you're a skater you probably would maybe know about him but he made this like video and there's a part in the credits where it's just all me doing these skits and that was like 2007 before like you know instagram and shit yeah yeah um so your first solo show at brian leo projects was in 2020 so uh, you know we you were also instrumental to uh advising me on uh on you know some of the the details of uh of creating the project space that i established during the pandemic right yeah and you did your show in October. Uh, what was the show called again? Have yourself a Bud Light Christmas. Yeah, have a Bud Light Christmas. Yep, because there was a when I was growing up uh, in my hometown, there was this uh, like redneck family that lived right up the street from me, and they took this like huge sheet of plywood that was like I don't know, like fifteen feet by like ten feet or something, and it was just huge. And they wrote "Have a Bud Light Christmas" on it, and they screwed it into the front of their house with Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. and it was just really just shitty it like made our entire neighborhood look like shit but i loved it because i thought it was so like it was like like a huge it was almost like having like a huge middle finger like on, yeah. on your house you know uh in in that uh in your first solo show at my space uh in new york you had a, a huge mural of a figure uh, we, we saw the image yesterday right so you know what which one i'm talking about um, yeah yeah the mural with the the naked dude with the piss and the pe- mountain yeah. penis at the possum I, yep i thought i mean when 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 the person was you know it looks like a person's urinating into his mouth and um it, it made me think of that movie uh I, then i i Back then, I told you uh, it made me reference um, that movie. Like, I think it's called "This Is the End" with like Seth Rogen and um, you know, like those romance movies, like uh, Jonah Hill. You know that movie, like "This Is the End." There's a scene in the movie where they're it's like an apocalyptic movie, and um, one of them, you know, is drinking pee. Pee, yeah, like um, and. It, you know, like a survival tactic, like that guy Bear Grylls or something. It's like, you know, so. Um, so at that time, you had a jacket that was black, like a black leather jacket. You, you know, you had done some Walmart, you know, vest, um, you know, crack pipe, you know, um, photos and stuff. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, and then you were like, I have this black jacket. I want to, I'm thinking about spray painting it green or something. And I'm like, I don't know. It's like, you know, that was like kind of like pre legend shit right yeah yep it was right before it yep 
Oh. So we got to talk about legend shit because yeah, that, I, I saw that, pr- that blew up. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. was uh, that was pretty. That was you. You you were on a. You went off on that. Um, yeah. So please, whatever you'd like to say about that. Uh, you know that time period. Okay, I just want to say this. Uh, knowing, <clears throat> I want to say knowing who I'm talking to right now, like this audience in the imaginary podcast world is probably mostly art people listening to me mm-hmm. and they're probably really annoyed to hear me even on here because whenever you hear art stuff like i listen to xavier huffskin's uh podcast on youtube and it's very like art speaky and formal and i'm sorry that i'm not uh of that world i just want to say that because I like, I kind of am, but I'm kind of not. And I try to be formal, but I just can't. So it's probably really going to be cringe to listen to me talk. But Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. anyways, I made this character called the legend that was, it kind of, I, I make these characters and they kind of like more, I make paintings in performance art and they more, they kind of like happen to me rather than I uh, make like like I, I put some thought into them, but they also kind of just happened to me. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, it's kind of was like being conscious in the unconscious. Well, like for example, um, I made this character recently. I, I'm going to talk about the legend, but I'm going to kind of give you an example of what I'm trying to say. Uh, I have this, uh, George, I have this Benjamin Franklin wig at my house mm-hmm. and I didn't like set out to, to really, I just put it on one day and I, and I saw there's a Snapchat filter uh, on my phone that you can like make your face look like whoever you want. So I was like, Oh, I have the wig. So why don't I just make it look like Benjamin Franklin, you know? So then I, so then I put this wig on and I acted like Benjamin Franklin. And my girlfriend was like, Hey, why don't you put toilet paper hanging out of your shirt to look like, like the ruffles. Mm -hmm. So then I did that. And then I have this Benjamin Franklin character and I show it to my friend and my other friend is like, Hey, why don't you make a, a John Adams character to talk to your Benjamin Franklin Franklin character? And then, you know, that's how I came up with this other character called John Adams. So what? that's why I'm saying, like, these things kind of just, like, happen to me in a way, you know? Because I just, like... You know, I, I, rem- it, I remember like journey. early on with that wig, we were at um, Morgan Jesse Lappin's... Yeah, exactly. You saw that collective. wig in real life. There you go. Exactly. And you had that... Um, you were actually, back then, I think it was... You know, Michael Anderson, Noah Becker was in the show. Um, and um, you were, I think also um, Doug Group was in the show. I believe that was the show. Um, or maybe, well, anyway, I'm, you were you were doing Chris Elliott's character from Scary Movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but with that Benjamin yeah. Franklin wig, yeah. And, exactly. and, it, and it wasn't hidden. It was just kind of, well, like maybe it was funny for you because it was uh-huh. we were in the space. Yeah. But like, uh-huh. I, I'm always awesome. trying to like just... Uh, that's right. how I approach painting, you know, like I just like I just put stuff out there and like I try to be sincere, like with what what I'm thinking. But also like it kind of like it just morphs from being putting it out, you know, and it's really cringy to even just do that as your practice. But I don't know. I guess that's yeah. how. Well, in 2018, you did a studio visit with me and. Um, I remember you pushing or emphasizing like the presence of Instagram um, back then and like telling me to like, just, you know, 
start being more active on it. And, and I think I, I tried to do it, you know, just to whatever capacity I, I, I can or could. And, um, and then, you know, you're, you've had, how many different platforms have you been using since, you know, 2020, you've gotten kicked off of, of, of many. And can you, do you feel like talking about any of that stuff? Yeah. yeah. I got kicked off TikTok twice, but um, TikTok is like very sensitive. Like, even if you don't make like, you can, you know, I know a, a guy who doesn't swear in his videos. He doesn't do anything bad at all. And he got banned because he was like driving his car talking while mm, TikToking, yeah. which is bad. I mean, you shouldn't yeah. do it, but like, they're like sticklers. Like they're very, um, not sticklers. They're, they're just very, uh, they have high standards of, um, higher standards of, they, they want their content to be, you know, like, so children can watch it basically mm -hmm. and that's a good thing you know but uh i did i thought it would tiktok was instagram when i first started it started it so i got violation after violation and yeah i got kicked off it twice but um youtube i mean you can't you you don't really use that platform right no i do i do but I, i'm not good at it like I, to 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 do these platforms like i've come to I've, I've been talking to this guy who does this for a living a lot and if you want to do these platforms like legit how you're supposed to be doing them you're supposed to be posting to them like eight times per day and youtube you know how many times you're supposed to be posting to youtube a day like 100 times okay so. yeah like yeah to, to to be able to build a a following on them like you have to like really because these people like that do this shit for for serious like they have like a fold like a phone dedicated to like all their old clips and they just recycle and like rerun it all day to like build their following or whatever. Right. But Instagram, you can't do that. Instagram is like one clip a day and it's gotta be like a banger that nobody's ever seen. Like Instagram is like the, the hardest of all the platforms actually. All right. So, um, so in 2018, you visited my studio, you were living in New York. Um, how, like how, how long were you in New York city? Um, you know, like you, how you were in New York city for how many years? And uh, I was there for 10 years. Right. And, yeah. um, and you were, you were bouncing from different locations. Like, literally. yeah, I lived in Bed-Stuy the longest for like six years, but I, I like, um, I guess you could say technically that I lived in the lower East side for like three to six months. And I lived in Bushwick for about four years. Okay. Um, yeah, you shared that your dad, um, I guess, was he also from Wisconsin or is he, is he also from Wisconsin? Yeah. My dad's from Wisconsin. Yeah. I think um, you mentioned that he, he was in New York city in the eighties. No, that I don't know where that came from, but my dad is very punk though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's extremely punk. He wasn't right. in New York in the 80s, no. Do you think that he influenced you with music growing up or um you know, Um I, I'll say this. I'll like culture do it yourself or He's um so he's like uh I don't even know. Like he had mm -hmm. like a lot of uh, like 
odd outbursts while I was growing up. I don't want to say he's like mentally ill or anything. He he just would like do crazy shit in front of me all the time. Mm-hmm. Like for example, one time when we were on the highway, he was like, take this. And he like gave me a big M80 and he was like, I want you to light this and like try to shoot it underneath the car behind us when we were on the highway. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I was a kid, like 14 or something. Yeah. So like I did it and it like, you know, it shot underneath the car and exploded like right it was like a one of those like proper like fireworks that they have like for the city like uh firework display thing and like that's it like exploded really like underneath intense. the car that's really intense yeah. yeah so he would he would bring those kind of fireworks like all over like he we'd be shooting them at people's houses and when he was a kid he would like golf like he would like put a golf ball in someone's front lawn and like just like hit it as hard as he could into their garage door and like he just do like crazy shit like all the time like that, that that's those are like two stories there's like hundreds of incidents you know so i grew up uh seeing all that kind of stuff and um it um it, a lot of it's like very poetic in a weird way like uh things he would say emails he would write they would always be like very sketchy but they were like beautiful sort of and my mom is like an artist in a way like she does like crafts so I kind of had that, those two like things kind of shape my vocabulary early on, like these like outburst, like, like weird, like poetic outburst type things. I, I, I know that the fireworks and the golf ball, they weren't, they're not examples of like poetic outbursts, but uh, yeah, well, he, he yeah, would do that kind of stuff though. You know, you observed it, you participated in it and it's, yeah, it's you know, your experience. Um, yeah. My parents, my parents had me when they were like 18 years old. So, uh, you know, my dad, I don't like blame them for anything. Cause you know, when they were like, when I was like 10 years old, they were like kids still basically, you know, like they're in their twenties. So they, they like, uh, you know, I, I don't know, like I, they're growing up while they're, while I was a baby and um, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. So they, they must be generation X, I guess. And yeah, I think so. Are you, you're a millennial. You're, you're in your thirties now, right? Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, like your mid thirties. Yeah. I'm 35. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's a millennial. And, um, so, um, let's see where we were. So talking about, um, yeah, the, you, you, you have Pantera written on that same O piece that we were talking about early on. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I've seen Pantera on other pieces, but um, you want to chat about that for a second? Yeah, just, um, how can I explain? Pantera is good, but they're also like funny. And I just wrote it on there ironically, I guess, because mm-hmm. I thought it'd be funny. Like they're like, all right, what about that? What they're about so that extreme. All oh, the toilet paper hanging off it. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, just was like, well, what's the shittiest? Okay, well, we can make it out of toilet paper. And then I just was wrote, like, I just wanted to make, like, this, like, ironically, I don't even know. What does that one say? Like, X Hamster. So that's a porn website. It says, please shit on my mom or something like that. And I didn't do, I didn't even think anybody was going to see these, like, works. Like, I just made them because I just wanted to, they were like experiments. Like, I was like, Mm They're they're just really like very experimental stuff. Like I would just put them on Instagram for like a minute, and they caught your eye. And I did. I was very surprised that when you even wanted to show them, you know. 
Um, yeah. Because uh, they're so crap. I actually, seeing them in your gallery, it made me want to expand on this. And like when it warms up out here, I'm going to go outside with some tape and I'm going to like go to like where there's a lot of garbage and, and crap, like, and just like stick as much crap to the tape. And I'm going to see if I can uh, expand on it and then take the crappy tape garbage thing home and try to paint on it and see if that could, could further it. That's what I'm going to try to do next. Were you, were you ever a fan of Rauschenberg and like the assemblages, you know, like just affixing, I mean, this is, I guess this is new for you affixing like 3d objects to a two dimensional canvas, right? Um, no, I bet I've been doing stuff with tape for a while, like in probably 2015, I had a tape phase. So I don't know mm -hmm. what it is about tape. Like I like these like DIY objects that are like, um, cause I, I, I grew up in a, like a fix it all kind of like a auto mechanic family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, they would uh, always fix things with duct tape. Well, not, they wouldn't fix it with duct tape. They'd uh -huh. fix it with their, with their hands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it, but I'm interested in these uh, these um, materials, like um, like really common and low working quality. class working class materials. Like I'm interested in like notebook paper and uh, glitter because it's like a cheap craft. I'm interested mm -hmm. in uh, macaroni noodles. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in uh, like Some, crafty uh, materials and also like. Uh, you yeah, have like, a you have a stuffed animal of a bumblebee on on that painting Jimmy, the largest one that's in the show. Yeah, the Jimmy John's painting. Yeah, Jimmy John. So what? We don't have Jimmy John's here. I think I don't know. It's, Jimmy John's must be like a Denny's or something. Or it, it's um yeah, Jimmy John's is like a it's a chain of uh, sandwich restaurants. Okay. And I just um yeah. it I eat it all the time, and I feel like it, it makes me feel like I'm like a piece of shit when I eat it because it's like just trash junk food. It makes me ill mm. when I eat it. So I just was like, man, like, yeah, I need yeah. to I need to make a painting about this or something. You know, like it's is, uh, is, that, is it kind of like a subway? Like they just have lunch meat? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like a more of higher end version of subway. All right. Yeah. So. So um, on, on your Instagram, like your you have a lot of legend shit um, reels and um, posts and like what like your the views you're getting, like what's what um, in the last like, you know, since 2020, like what um, what what's your how do you process all this, like all of this, uh, uh, you know, mass attention that you've been acquiring? Well, the. I didn't even address what that legend shit is, but I'll do, I'll address it and I'll, and I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, that character came about kind of the same way that I was talking about that John Adams one. It just kind of happened to me in a way. Cause I kept like putting all my energy towards it. And I was trying to make this, uh, at first I just made this character. Well, okay. Do you have like a, can I get like three minutes to like fully yeah, explain yes. it? Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So I worked at this day job for a long time in New York. It was uh, like a fat, I worked for a fashion uh, company, but like a, a what, this fashion company that made like bras and stuff and panties for like family dollar and stuff and like uh, Kohl's. And I, I was like a low end on the, on the, the production there. I, I like, Anyways, um, I worked at this place, so I had to be pro professional every day. But um, 
I was drawing when I would get home these characters, um, these like redneck painting characters, uh, sort of of these like very these characters that when I grew up, I used to kind of get bullied by these characters, right? I did get bullied by them. So I would make paintings when I would get home of them doing like extreme things sarcastically. Like I thought it was funny to like make fun of the characters, like in my paintings. And one of the characters had like this weird haircut where it was like um, bald. He was like balding, but he had still had long hair. So I decided to cosplay as him when I quit my day job to pursue painting full time. So when I quit painting like the second week or whatever that I quit, or when I quit my day job, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to shave my head like this character for a day and I'm going to make a video. And I just shaved my head and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, that looks like kind of like a roof, like a disgruntled roofer or something. So I was like, so I was, I I had that, I had that image in my mind. I was like, well, I'm, maybe I should like go on a roof looking like this and like, just try to make a video, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was also in this group coincidentally at the time on Facebook of these, um, it was these roofers that would uh, talk shit to each other about how bad of a job they do. Like they post their work and everybody, all the other roofers like are angry and they like insult it. So I was like, I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on my friend's roof dressed like this and i'm gonna pretend i'm one of these guys and pretend this roof is like the best roof in the world and insult all these other roofers and just like see how they take it you know right and i did it and it it was like fucking sticking your fist into a beehive and like punching it you know like they went insane like so then i made a video where like i posted all their reactions to it and that was kind of like where the name roof legend came from Mm -hmm. um but after a while I had that character and I noticed like it was popping, but I was like, man, I need to make this shit like go crazier. Like I was just like, okay, I need to visually like enhance this character. So like, obviously black is like a, not that crazy of a color. So why don't I just make it have like a green neon green suit? Cause that's definitely going to pop. Mm-hmm. And I just kept adding stuff to it. Like fake. I made put fake face tattoos and I just like th- put a lot of time and thought into what I wanted them to say to, to, to make it pop harder and harder. And then I, you know, eventually I got these fake titties mm-hmm. and it started to get to, to go very, you know, viral. But, um, so that, that's kind of how that came about. Some uh, of the tattoos on your forehead, you had the one you have what Walmart. Yeah. Or- yeah. Yeah. And the Walmart is supposed to be an acronym for wisdom and loyalty makes all roofers true. And uh, the one that came because I was watching this uh, musician named Uncle Adams, and he he was really like uh, he would post like motivational content, and he had a mirror behind him that said, "You are now looking at the one." And I just thought that was so fucking corny. So I was just like, "Man, I want my forehead to say that you know the one." Like I wanted mm-hmm. to, because like anything, I was like taking at the time, I was like taking. Um, notes on anything i saw that made me like if something made me cringe extremely hard or laugh extremely hard i'd write it down and then i'd put it into the character like that that was how the titties came about because we were watching rupaul's drag race and this one uh queen came out with these big fake boobs and they're propellering them and it made me like die laughing so i was like man i i just you know it was just like a soup of like this 
these things that kind of happened to me that I just thought, you know, I just took note of them and I just would throw baloney at the wall and see what sticks to keep like developing it, you know? So you have gained a significant amount of fans and I was, I guess also haters. Oh yeah. That, 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 that part of the question. Um, yes. Uh, so I gained about 200,000 followers altogether, like on all my social media channels. And, uh, at first it was a lot of people, it's a lot of like uh, that audience that likes that character is mostly Australians because on the back of my jacket, I wrote cunt destroyer and they say that word there a lot. And uh, also uh, it, when I first started doing that character, I had him smoking meth all the time, mm-hmm. but I had to stop doing that for a bunch of reasons because mm-hmm. I, it was funny for a minute, but after a while it just became. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Like all these people that smoked meth for real, like messaging me, constantly videos of them actually smoking meth wow yeah and i was just like man i can't t- i can't take this any longer like it was just non-stop videos of people's fucking just doing the worst just like horrible i had neo-nazis one time message me them smoking meth and it was a girl and they all had swastikas all over them like swastika tattoos and they're smoking meth and singing the song that i wrote and i was like all right yeah th- i can't i can't fucking deal with this any longer <laughs> wow yeah, yeah, it's got to. It, I just cultures. it was uh attracting all this energy, but for a long time it was like not the right energy that I wanted to attract. You know, what's going on right now with the uh, with? Are you continuing with the uh, the character? Yes, I am. Um, the only reason that I haven't been doing it for a while is because, um, my accounts were so messed up with violations yeah. that that uh anymore like if i even posted one more thing and i got and i like made one little error that my accounts would be deleted so i've been like kind of airing all my accounts out so that they chill mm-hmm. but uh i'm not definitely not ever going to give up on the character um also that's caught co- it's very costly to like the next two things i want to do for it are going to be like probably about like 600 bucks so and i also have to learn how to do this skill um, cause I keep per, I keep like upping the ante of it, but the ante is getting like very complicated to, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just thought of your other character as well. Uh, fish man. Yep. That one I also am developing, but, um, they take a while to develop because you gotta like, I have a few characters. I also have this other character. That's like a chick, but that's like probably the worst of them, but I, they're all in constant development. They just take a while to develop. Right. So um, you had you murals in other uh, gallery spaces and uh, you've shown in Europe. Do you want to talk about any of your experiences showing your paintings in Europe? Yeah, um, I first started showing in Europe in 2018, I think. Um, I had this friend. I met this this guy a long time ago. Well, in 2016 from London. And when I met him, I didn't really like I was making that duct tape stuff I told you about. And this guy, he kind of like 
he kind of like broke me down and like gave me this new perspective on how to like make my work that mm -hmm. it made more sense for me than the way it did before. And after I listened to him, I started to, it was like a really basic formula. He was like, dude, stop making things that take a month to make, make something every day and mass follow people on Instagram. Cause then they'll see it. And I'm, he's like, and stuff will probably start happening for you and you'll develop a language much faster, you know, like a, a, a visual, like art vocabulary language, you know? Mm -hmm. so that's what happened like I just started painting like really really fast and all these weird things from my head in my past started showing up in the work and people started relating to it and since I was following people really a lot on social media um you know it it people it, you kind of got like an idea of what people were interested in faster about your stuff and um not that I sold out my shit. Like I just was kind of taking note of like, Oh, this works. This doesn't work. This works. This doesn't work. And um, yeah, eventually I started getting show offers and a lot of them were overseas because I, that's another reason I kind of moved out of New York is because I was like, it doesn't really make sense for me to live there because you know, the only project, the only plate like gallery that was really messing with me. I mean, some of them took like chances on me, but then they, mm -hmm. I would either like make them upset or whatever, but yeah, like Europe was like what, the, the audience that like really fucks with my work mm -hmm. probably because it looks so like American, you know, and people here, they don't, they don't care about, they don't want to be reminded or whatever, you know, if, Oh, I live in America and it's fucking annoying here or whatever, you know, for them. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you, um, I mean, you plan on doing something in Europe um, anytime in the next few years or. Yeah, I have a show in March in London coming up. It's a group show uh, at Coleman Projects. Um, and I have a gallery I work with, Tatiana Peters Gallery. And they're probably, they're, I'm hoping that there'll be a solo show in soonish. Mm -hmm. I have a, have to make the work for it. And I have, I have to just, I have to communicate with them. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, the first time I went was for, I had a solo in London and then I came back because I had all these offers. I had one in offer in Poland, another in Belgium and another in Norway. So I just like strung those together and I made like a Europe tour that was in 2019. And then I went recently to Sweden because I had a, a offer to do this like erotic art festival. Cause they wanted me to do my legend character there. So I, oh tried to do it there and i did and i had a bunch of clips go viral on the streets but then like my work got stuck in customs so like i had this like this like solo show there that was like kind of uh i don't know it kind of got fucked up to be honest but we made it work all right um I, I haven't been really keeping track of time but i think um i think we must have i think i don't even know how we started but it must be like at least 45 minutes now so Oh yeah, if you if you want to do um this thing, uh, did this podcast recently and they they cut it at forty five minutes and they leave and they jump back on it and they splice it together. If you want to do that, or we don't have to do it, we could call yeah, it the day usually, too. Yeah, usually around this time, um, we kind of start wrapping things up. Um, there's one anecdote that I still find amusing. It's like when you were in college. You know, you talk about this from time to time. You know, you you actually got to see my paintings in 2010 or something like that. Um, you were on a trip. Or something um yeah i saw your stuff in art chicago i'll tell you like the the best version of it i can remember is that okay. we we um we uh 
we went to Art Chicago, my friend and I, and then I think did your booth have like a golf course material or something? In yeah, it? It was, there was AstroTurf and a Snoopy house. Yeah, yeah, yep, I remember that. And um, Dustbuster painting. Yep, you had a bunch of those paintings, like a ton of them, didn't you? Up yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. So we 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 were going into every booth and trying to meet people, and we everybody at the art fair sucked, and they weren't nice. And you and your friend were there. Yeah, David Testing. Yeah. Yeah, you were extreme. You both were extremely animated and uh, very welcoming and friendly. And me and my friend thought that you guys were like rock stars and famous because we had no understanding of the art world. It was like our early and we were in Chicago. So it was like the big city. And we we're like, oh, dude, look at these two guys. Like these guys are like rock stars. And we made you sign our uh, postcard. And yeah. you did. And you wrote sex fiend on mine. I think David wrote that. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, I, I love that story because like, it's, um, you know, I think it's, um, it's cool that you, you know, you still have the postcard and stuff and I, you know, I have a JPEG of it that you sent me. So, um, so I appreciate yeah. it. It's cool. I have a similar story about Noah Becker too. Cause before, oh. before I knew him, I thought he was a, a, a rock star famous guy too. And I remember asking him if, how I could be cool or not cool. Now I'm just making him sound like a dick. I asked him, um, I was like, dude, how do you, how did you get to your level or something like that in your career? And he like thought it was funny that I asked him that. And he like screenshotted it and like uh, posted it as his Facebook story once a long time ago. So uh, shout out to Noah Becker. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah Cause I, I didn't know anything. I was like living in Wisconsin trying to like meet people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember one time I got, I asked, I asked somebody the same question once it was Beck. It was like in, at the cooler, like in 1998 or nine, I was like something about how do you like get this? I mean, how do you appreciate your audience that you have now or something? And he's just like, some, he said something like they've always been there. Or like there's always been people that um, have supported his stuff. So, you know, go him, but uh, yeah, just. Um, Where'd you meet Beck at? Holy shit. I got the cooler. It was like it came in Thurston Moore in like 1998 or something like that. It was just, he was a surprise guest and um, I just walked backstage. It's actually on YouTube. Like we're not that, not me walking backstage, but I'm, I'm in the audience and stuff. It's just a small, small club. Um, and yeah. So um, I guess um, for for up and coming artists, like when, you know, like students, like what do you, what, is there any kind of, um, any kind of words of wisdom that you want to share with them? Yeah. Um, uh, if not students, no, <laughs> like art school, art school. Try not to take out enormous loans if you're going to pursue this path, because it's really an expensive thing to do. And it's very uh, monetarily difficult to make it work and if you're going to do it i mean like dude like just to even like let's say you're a painter just to make a painting on like a canvas is like you know gonna be like a 100 to 200 bucks just to like get the wood and get it created and paint on it and then just because you made that doesn't mean you're gonna be able to show it or sell it so like it's it's a fucking hardcore gnarly career. Like if you're trying to make it into your career, if you're not trying to make it into a career, I mean, just go nuts and make stuff all the time, you know, like, just like, you know, it's amazing. Like it seems like there are more artists than ever and it's through Instagram and social media too. Right. Like a lot of people can post, you know, their. Yeah. Anyone can. The only yeah. reason I say that is because I had like a, my school, like predatorily loaned me 
a hundred thousand, like I, I, it cost yeah. me like a hundred thousand dollars. And I'm like, you know, I don't have, I didn't have the money. For, like I had to work t- full time, 10 years to pay it off. I thought that like, just going to art school, like I was so naive. I thought that like, you would be able to get a career mm-hmm. as an artist from going to it, but they just basically teach you like tech art techniques. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. It, yeah, that's a I mean, long, that's, a weird question. Kind of. That's awesome. I mean, I think that someone will appreciate that and I totally get what you're saying. Um, so it's, I mean, we'll just end it that it's, it, being an artist it's just like it's just a long hard road and if you you know it's a road that never you're never going to be guaranteed success because i remember in like 2007 thinking like dude i'm about to blow the fuck up with my paintings you know and um and it's 2023 and i still have not blown the fuck up with my paintings and even i've represented by you know i've been represented by two galleries that doesn't um i mean it helps but it's um it's it's a it's a very like lucky sort of you don't get to choose whether you get have a career or not no matter how hard you work how hard you try how smart your work is how sexy it is how sexy you are it's kind of like um you know what i mean i don't know i think that's a pretty good way to put it yeah so there's you know there's no guaranteed success at the end of it yeah um so so artists, I mean, if you're dedicated to it, then then that's basically just you know just produce and um, there's go to business school, peaks and valleys, and yeah, I find a way to um, to maintain it, you know, and have some stability and not be like the homeless artist route, you know, like that's that is a that's tough. So I I know this one guy who um, he. How can I explain this? There's this guy I know, and he ran a um, successful, he he was like all business. He ran a successful ticket company. And then after that, he, like millions of dollars. And then after that, he made a cheese company. I think I'm getting the order mixed up, but he did a cheese company. And that was like a million dollar business. He did a ticket company. That was a million dollar business. And then he did some other business and that was a million dollar business. And when I met him, he was like, yeah, I think I'm going to like go into art next. And I was like, okay, uh, cool. And then he showed me his paintings and they were like, they're pretty cool. You know, like I didn't really think anything of it. And he was asking me if he, if I wanted to team up with him and do like NFTs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even, I was like, dude, NFTs, like I'm like, I told him yes, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to like, I don't, yes, but not, I can't do it right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And this guy got into NFTs and six months later he was making like 400 K off his art from NFTs. So I think it really does have a lot to do with like, if you're good at business, you're going to do good in at art. I'm I'm not great at business. I'm actually pretty horrible at business, but like, yeah, definitely like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Biz- if you can get into some business stuff, I think that might even be more worth it to just go to business school and paint on the side rather than paint full time and go to art school. That's, that's pretty, yeah, that's awesome. That's Could be wrong though. Could be wrong. Yeah, it is so, interesting. So like, isn't that... I think we should wrap it up just in case we have any kind of time constraint or like, you know, so. Okay. Shout out Noah Becker. Thank you for letting me do your podcast. Thanks, Brian, for interviewing me. Um, Really appreciate it. Uh, a very humbling experience to be on this pod, especially with uh, all the people that have been interviewed before me. So it's really cool. And I really appreciate it. Right on, man. Yeah. Um, thank you, Noah Becker. And uh, I'm going to end this uh, podcast right now, Huey. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Thanks for everything, man.